in this episode, I start off this new podcast with an interview with one of the designers of Mithras, Lawrence Whitaker. And with his help, we bring you up to date with what's coming out new for Mithras during the month of May. Welcome to the Mithras Matters podcast, season one, episode one. May your Mithras matter. Welcome to the brand new Mithras podcast, Mithras Matters. My name is Inwills and you will find me playing the Mithras game online or creating YouTube content for it or frequenting the various forums, asking and hopefully answering questions about the rule set. It was while creating content and listening to your feedback that a question was posed to me about the possibility of a podcast. So, after talking to the Design Mechanism Company, it was decided that this would be a great contribution to the rule set. The idea has been thought about over the last month, and after some considerable hard work, here it is. Hopefully, the first of many monthly podcasts dedicated to all things Mithras. So, since starting to play Mithras, I've been really amazed by the fantastic community that exists out there for the rule set. And because of this, I'm keen not to make this podcast a one-person show. Therefore, I'm going to reach out to all you players, creators and game masters to contribute to the content. This might be doing an audio review on one of the supplements for Mithras or sending in an audio question or even um, offering to co-host an episode or more alongside myself. So please do get in touch with me if you're interested in getting involved. I've set up an email specifically for this. It's mithrasmatters at gmail.com. And I'll also pop this in the show notes below. So why not send me an email? It'd be great to hear from you and to receive your expressions of interest. So I've been playing role-playing games for some time now, but I'm still quite new to the Mithras rules system and there'll be some of you out there listening to this that might be in my position or might have been using the rules set for quite considerable amount of time. However, I thought it would be really good for this first episode for me to get in touch with Lawrence Whitaker, one of the designers of the game, the other one being Pete Nash, and to actually, you know, get hold of him across the internet and to ask him a few questions um, that I had about the rule set. And that's exactly what I did. So I'll just make sure that everything is up and working. Uh, I think it is. So I'm joined today by one of the creators of Mithras. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and say who you are? Oh, go on then. Um, yes, thank you, Ian. Um, I'm Lawrence Whittaker. I'm, I'm known online as Loz. And uh, as, as you just said, Ian, I'm, I'm one of the co-creators of, uh, of Mithras, along with Pete Nash, who's, who's my long-time 
uh, design mechanism partner, one of my oldest friends, and uh, we formed design mechanism. So I've been playing and streaming role-playing games using the Mithras rule set for some time now, but it is possible that there might be some people listening into this podcast who have never heard about the system at all. So what is Mithras all about? Um, telling great stories with your friends really well is what Mithras is about. I mean, it's a, it's a very traditional role-playing game. It, uh, it comes from the Chaosium system that was developed in the late 1970s and throughout the 1980s, which is often known as basic role-playing. Um, based on the standard core statistics, strength, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, and so on. Uh, it uses a percentile system to resolve skills, so you have a percentage chance of success. Your skills are there on the character sheet. You can see exactly what your chance is of accomplishing something. Um, it's gritty. It's realistic. It doesn't allow levels or classes, which appeals to um, some people very much. Uh, very intuitive. Uh, you roll your percentage dice. If you score equal to or under your skill, you've succeeded. Bang. That's that's as really complex as it, as it needs to be. There's levels of sophistication built into it. Um, with Mithras, we have lots of things around combat, such as special effects, which kind of make it a bit more exciting, a bit more tactical. But at its heart, it's a very straightforward, simple, um, very iterative system that chaos uh, stable. So. Mithras is a really interesting name. And when I first started to um, GM the system, I, I did hope that I was actually pronouncing it correctly. You are, you but um, what was the inspiration um, behind the name Mithras? How did you come up with it? it it's it, it's um, a very strange kind of story. We Originally, the game was RuneQuest 6th edition. And license reversed to Chaosium in 2016 and we had um, about a year's notice to sort of rebrand the game and uh, and come up with, with a new name for it and we, we were wrecking our brains over what we were going to call the game. Um, looked around online, everything's taken, all the cool names that you can think of, all taken, all gone, or, 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 the, the permutations just didn't kind of fit. Um, and Pete and I were kind of kicking around different ideas and, and what is the game about? Well, there's, there's a lot of myth in there. There's, certainly in the fantasy situations of the game that we have, it, it relies a lot on, on myth. And, and we have a mythics range of supplements, uh, Mythic Britain, Mythic Concepts, Noble, Mythic Rome, and so on. So myth was de definitely something that, that if we could kind of put it in there, we wanted. We thought about calling it the mythic system, but that's already taken. Uh, then, I, I don't know when it popped into my head, it was probably when I was doing something daft like in the shower or doing the washing up or, or cleaning or something like that. There is a, a god, Mithras, which is uh, an ancient Roman god, came over to, to Britain um, with the Romans, existed long before that. He's a god of oaths, he's a, um, a god of agriculture, he's a god of stories, he's a protected god. Mithras. I thought, why don't we just spell Mithras with a Y? Because Mithras is spelled M-I-T-H-R-A-N. Uh, then we have myth. We had a god which appears in some of our supplements. Uh, it's in Mythic Rome. Mithras is in Mythic Britain. The name for Mithras, it, it was. So that's how it So you've spoken about this, um, the system, um, of all to do with percentile dice and the um, skills, etc. And I was wondering... When you first created the rule set of Mithras, what what 
were you hoping for? What what were the aims for that Mithras system? We wanted it to be coherent, elegant, but straightforward as well and adaptable. I think those are probably design decisions that we worked with from the very start. We're very fortunate in working with a very solid rule set anyway. Um, the, the basic role-playing rule set, the, the, the stable it comes from, has been tried and tested over many, many years. It's been through many different iterations, so we know it works. Um, but quite often it's been kind of inconsistent in its approach to things, and that's just a, a result of organic growth. Uh, when we were putting together our version of, of RuneQuest, the RuneQuest 6th edition, which is effectively Mithras, um, we wanted to make things work in a very similar way all the way through the game. We wanted things to connect in a very similar way, in a very modular way, uh, but also in ways that wouldn't break so easily. So if you want to drop a bit of the rules that you don't particularly like, or anything else, um, if you want to bolt something on, you should be able to do it without too much difficulty and having to change different assumptions. But we still wanted all the assumptions to work methodically all the way through the game. And so we spent a lot of time kind of refining what we were going to do with the rules. And I think it took Pete and I about about five years to kind of get the rules to a state where we knew they would work satisfactorily. So when we were putting the rule set together for publication, you know, we, we knew that they should work. We've done a lot of playtesting, but we still gave it to a lot of different disparate playtesters to kind of, of fiddle with and make sure that, that it did work. And I think that's a great strength of it. You know, it, it's very easy to adapt the core system to, obviously it's sports fantasy, but different kinds of fantasy, gritty fantasy, historical fantasy, heroic fantasy. Um, science fiction, science fantasy, modern day, um, 1920s pulp, anything of that nature. Press can do that with a modicum of, of tweaking to it. Um, that was really what we were striving for. Yes, uh, I must admit what I really like about the system is the, the way it's easily adaptable to sort of like any settings and i haven't actually played mithras i've well i have done once but mainly um gm'd it but i really like the the elements of um the realism the adaptability and that opportunity to actually role play and produce that narrative um how how long has mithras in its current form, actually been around for then? The system in, in this incarnation, uh, we released it in 2012. So it's coming up for seven. It's been called Mithras since 2016, uh, but it's been around for, for, what are we, seven years or so. And we, we had it in a previous incarnation before that that was published by Mongoose when they had the request license and it was around for about three years before that so it's been around for the best part of 10 years so we know the system's pretty robust um, we said about it allowing the narrative to happen I think that that's very important and that isn't actually something that's unique to Mithras that is a quality of the basic role playing system the D100 system the kind of it's always allowed the rules to kind of fade into the background and support narrative elements. Um, it's always had that capability. Uh, a good case in point is the Call of Cthulhu game, which is hugely popular, has been for best part of, of nearly 40 years now. And right so, because the mechanics really do fade into the background, 
Um, they're very simple and straightforward, yet it provides some wonderful narrative opportunities around sanity, around unthinkable horror. Um, and that just shows how good a system it is for a traditional rule set to be able to support that kind of play. Um, so that's inherent in the way that the, that the mechanics of the game really work together. So looking back on it, um, is there anything that you would change? You know, now that you've got this established rule set and you've gone through that creation, would there, and you sort of like look back and is there anything that you would have changed or think, oh, I wish we had put that in it? No, I don't think so, because we spend a lot of time thinking very carefully about what we would put in there. Um, we knew that it was going to be adaptable. We did have a business plan for adaptability. We knew that we were going to do a science fiction iteration of the game in some shape or form. We did that with the Luther Arkwright supplement. Uh, we knew we wanted to do some kind of two-fisted pulp stuff. We did that with Monster Island. Um, we knew we were going to do the Mythic series. Um, so we knew we were going to do gritty historical fantasy. So we already built the rules to support uh, no, I don't think there's anything, there are things we tweak and we actually have done with our, our latest printing on it. We've kind of, it includes some Marata, we, we've tweaked things just a little bit in response to player feedback, actually. Uh, there's nothing that we would do differently. We, we don't feel the need to do a second edition of Mithras. That's not it, it works perfectly well. Um, we don't feel any any real need. We've certainly got no regrets about, uh, about how the system is. Um, and it's definitely growing in popularity. It's uh, If you look at some of the forums out there, Mithras is, is mentioned more and more frequently and always gets uh, pretty good notices. So it is kind of building in its, uh, and, you know, being around for nearly 10 years, you'd expect that. Uh, it's always heartening to see that there are lots of people that have played yeah, and I think that's um, something that you, you see that development across the internet, you know, on forum posts, on Reddit, and even on Twitch, that Mithras has started to sort of like surface more and is being used and actually discussed um, uh, a lot more. Um, and like you say, it's been around for 10 years now. So I was thinking, you know, looking forward another 10 years in the future, what, what are your hopes for Mithras? Where do you see it going to? Uh, I mean, it, it would be wonderful to say that uh, it will have obviously supplanted Dungeons & Dragons 8th edition as the most popular game on the planet. Uh, we'll have bought Wizards of the Coast, obviously. Um, we will be running Hasbro from our, our, our yachts uh, somewhere in the Mediterranean. So uh, uh, that would be a nice pipe dream. I, I think in reality, what's, what's most likely is we will continue doing what we have been doing until we get tired of doing it. Um, and what we enjoy doing is developing and publishing material that we enjoy playing. And when I say we, I mean obviously myself and Pete. We play this game ourselves regularly. Um, but also what people enjoy um, and as long as we're able to do that, that's what we'll do. We don't have any radical agendas. We don't have a desire to um, reinvent role-playing in a different image. Uh, we're very, very kind of old-school role-players. We, we've been since the very early 80s. We don't have a desire to do anything much different to that. But we will see what the future holds. Um, we will take things, you know, kind of one year at a time and... Uh, and as long as we can keep doing what we enjoy, and it's enjoyed by other people, um, we will keep doing. 
Yeah, and I, I think that really sort of like sums up what Mithras is all about for me. It's people coming together either in the same room or across the internet, colleagues, friends, people who share that common role-playing um, experience. And it's almost like coming together and gaining immense enjoyment, um, actually sharing that experience and actually um, participating in creations. And all the content that I produce, I produce because I enjoy doing it. And that's a really important um, aspect of the role for me. So many people have never heard of Mithras and there might be some people listening to this podcast who have never heard of Mithras and have no idea about what it is. So what advice would you give to new players, new GMs coming to the system for the first time? First of all, don't panic. I think the the, the words of Douglas Adams are, are apt in anything. Don't. Um, download Mithras Imperative, which is the kind of starter set for the for the it's a 48-page booklet. It's completely free. You can get it from our website. Um, that has got the core of the system in there. Um, it's presented in a nice, intuitive way. It's very simple to get to grips with. It doesn't contain anything too complex like magic or or any of the sort of the the, the, uh, the, the sort of bolt-on things that we've got in the main rulebook. That will give you a really good idea of D100 playing. Play uh, just get just just get a good feel for the system and how it works. Download a couple of uh, scenarios. Again, we've got a few free scenarios on the website um, that cover a range of different things. Download a couple of those. Um, play them and and see what you think. And if you find the game not for you, we all have different tastes, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to learn more, then the core rules is where to go. And then maybe look at one of our supplements. And we have supplements that cover a wide range of different genres. We have sort of standard um, uh, sort of mythic fantasy with our Thenless setting. We've got historic fantasy with our mythics range. We have science fiction comic book fantasy with Luther Arkwright, urban, um, urban fantasy with After the Vampire Wars, uh, pop science fiction uh, with Worlds United. Uh, we've got lots of stuff to support the kind of game that you want to play. Um, make Mithras your Mithras. That's kind of mantra that, that we say to everybody it's your game don't be afraid of changing things that you don't like don't feel there's one way to play this there are there are multiple you play you are comfortable with um look at our forums look at forums on places like brp central there's there's a big community out there um may not be as big as some but it's very passionate and they are generally very very friendly they will give you lots of advice if you have questions um pete and i we frequently go on the forums we're very happy to answer questions so ask them if you have them but don't enjoy the game it really is quite straightforward um and if you're coming from certain other rule sets that that have different uh, approaches such as levels and classes it's a very different kind of play that your taste it may not but give it a go uh, give it a go as it's written and see what you like about it change what you don't hopefully you'll stick with it if you don't that's perfectly fine with us 
thank you for watching. Really, that's that's what. Yeah, we- I, I I totally agree with this. This element of do not panic, and I, I must admit, when we came to the system brand new, um, I took it what very much one step at a time, and we sort of like looked at um, character creation. Then we generally looked at how the skills worked and brought that in, and then we looked at specific areas for magic and then the combat and got more and more involved in that. And I think it's this step-by-step approach, but also being prepared to sort of like make it your own. And I've said before how adaptable the system is. And I think that's what makes it a wonderful rule set is that adaptability. So yes, you know, get your toes wet. Don't make a judgment before you've really sort of like had a go at it and then um, enjoy it. So what's what has Mithras got in store for us uh, in the month of May? What What's coming up? Right. So we've got two things that I am putting the final touches to at the moment. Um, first is a supplement for the Fenler setting. Uh, which I mentioned earlier in the discussion. Um, Thenla is a complete fantasy setting. It's very sort of classical in its approach, based on the Hellenic Greece, a bit of Roman, a bit of Persian thrown in there. But in a, a, a sort of a uh, its own fantasy world. And the supplement that we're finalising is called Sorandib. And it focuses on a small city-state. Um, it's, it's on the verge of collapse and anarchy, uh, it is home to the artificers and alchemists of the world. Affected all of that, but it's got some very deep, dark politicking and undercurrents in there. Um, it's actually not completely new material. It was produced for an earlier version of the game, uh, back when it was published by Mongoose. And we, we've updated it for the Mithras rules, and you know, a new layout, uh, done some tweaking, added some things in, some new artwork and so forth. So we're just putting them the finishing touches to that. It's been proofread. And I'm hoping that that's going to be out uh, hopefully middle of next month. That's that's our that's our hope there. So if you're a Thenla fan, and there are quite a few Thenla fans out there, that is on its on its way. But it's one of those products that you can, if you want a fantasy city with sewers and weird mecha mechanical things, sorcery going on, it's perfect. It, it's really really good for that kind of stuff. Uh, so you can take that and drop it into your own campaign. The second thing is the Mithras Companion, which is something that I've been um, talking about off and on probably for over a year now. Um, the Mithras Companion, again, is is not entirely original material. Uh, as Mithras has kind of grown in the telling over the past uh, few years, um, we've produced lots of different supplements, and they've got different rules to kind of tailor the core game to their genre. So with our... Our Luther Arkwright setting, we introduced um, rules for vehicles, rules for sanity, and so forth. Now, a lot of those were applicable to different games, whether it's fa- the fantasy genre, or historical stuff, or, or just your homebrew. Uh, what we thought we'd do is collect the most common of those different bits of rules, which all fit perfectly well with Mithras Core, and release them all in one booklet, so that you have the vehicle rules, the sanity rules, um, and some additional combat rules all in one place. Uh, so you don't have to go and get your classic fantasy book out 
or go and buy a copy of Luther Archive if you want the sanity books. Um, so it's really designed to sort of collect together in one place as a companion package to the Mabel's and Mithras Imperative. Um, but we've also put some um, original content in there as well. It wouldn't be there just to have stuff that's, that's come from other games. So we have produced rules for social conflict. So these are effectively combat rules for words and feelings. If you want to run a court case, I love court cases, uh, then you can do it with, um, with the social conflict rules. If you want to run debates or parliamentary sort of um, disagreements, you can use the social for that. Um, they're, they're being play-tested at, at the moment. They still need a bit more kicking around, um, but they're kind of almost complete. We have some additional rules for racers and chasers as well uh, for a while. So if you, doesn't matter what sort of chase, whether it's a foot chase, um, a competitive race such as in the Olympics or the fancy version of it, or a car chase, or, you know, dog fighting in space, you know, doing attack runs of huge, great moon-sized space stations. Um, this will allow you to do that kind of thing as well, at any kind of level. And it replicates, again, the, the, the kind of standard feel for Mithras conflict. Uh, social conflict, races and chases, and Mithras combat work pretty much in the same way. You generate levels of success, that gives you special effects, that allows you to do different cool things. Uh, that's, that's brand new content that we've we've put in there. So we've got quite a, quite a few different things in the uh, in the companion. I'm really looking forward to that coming out, and uh, hopefully that should be mid May as well. We'll probably release that surrounded together. Yes, well, thank you very much for that. It sounds like there's a lot of really good content coming out in May, and I, for one, am really looking forward to it and looking forward to purchasing those items and getting them into my my gaming and into my campaign. I've already got um, some ideas for several of them. So can I say a huge thank you, Lawrence, for coming along and being interviewed for the podcast. I hope we can get you and Pete back some other time. And we are um, going to open up um, questions um, for our audience to um pose to you so hopefully you'll be able to come back and answer those in the future thank you very much ian i've really enjoyed it and i look forward to coming back again with Pete as well so that's it the first episode of the official mithras podcast comes to an end please do let us know what you would like to be included in future episodes of the podcast and spread the word there is a great community out there surrounding the mithras game so let's share how much we enjoy the game and encourage everyone to see why mithras matters don't forget to subscribe to the podcast podcast so you get a notification when the next month's episode surfaces and until then let's hope that all our opposed roles succeed and provide us with a well-deserved special have a great month of gaming everyone and we will chat again in june until then see ya bye The content of this podcast is covered by the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. So please give appropriate credit if you are sharing or copying any part of this podcast. Thank you.